Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from 1 John chapter 2, verses 15-17. This week we've talked a little bit about the Christian and their response to the world. How do we live in this world? We are called to follow Jesus Christ. We're living in a fallen world that is in some ways at war with God's will, that's in opposition to it. So what is our position toward the world? And you're going to hear some strong language in John, and we're going to talk about what John is talking about, what he means by the world in particular in this passage. So let's turn, we have a shorter reading today, but let's look at 1 John two fifteen through 17. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. The world is passing away in all its lusts, but the one who does the will of the Father lives forever. So there's this temporal world that John is talking about. And we need to, to kind of flesh this out because John is not talking specifically about the physical world. You know, when I think of, of the world, I think of a globe sometimes or Uh, You're stepping back and looking at the planet from outer space, the world. What John mentions here is the part of the world that's in rebellion to God, the word cosmos. There's this rebellion that took place that was led by the evil one, by Satan. And people are in league with Satan, and they're in opposition to God's good will and his commandment. And so this would be the world, the world that's set up in opposition to what God wants. So we're not to embrace that part of the creation that's in rebellion to God. And the problem is that it runs within us too. We have issues. Uh, We have what's called the epithemia, which is the passions of the flesh. Uh, We have this part of us that's bent away from God, part of our humanity. And we have to deal with that. So we have temptation coming from without and also issues within that we have to be careful of, that our hearts can be filled with deceit. And we can be part of this world system if we're not careful. So John is saying, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there's a way to live. And that way to live leads to eternal life. But the world and its systems and and its rebellion against God will fail. It will be destroyed. It will not last forever. So we certainly don't want to be in league with that. We want to obey the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to focus today on some things that are practical. Verse 16. We get the strategy of the evil one. Remember, we said we have the epithemia within us. We have the passions of the flesh, as Paul would say. We have these appetites that can be used for the wrong thing. They're actually a blessing from God, but they can become a curse. And then we have the evil one, Satan, who tempts us. And and what are we up against? So we get the game plan. Imagine, you know, recently we had the the Super Bowl. Imagine if you went to Andy Reid, the head coach for the Kansas City Chiefs, and you said, hey, Andy, I've got the 49ers game plan right here. Don't you think he would want to see that game plan? Well, here in verse 16, we get in one verse the game plan of Satan against us. How does Satan lead us into temptation? So we see in verse 16, he talks about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. Many Bible teachers have noticed that there's parallels with the Garden of Eden and Eve's temptation And the temptation of Christ found in the Gospels. You can look at places like Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4 
and you see the temptation of Christ in the wilderness. And you see parallels with this idea of how Satan goes after the Lord with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And he also goes after Eve with the same thing. So this is, some would say, his strategy against us. So let's think about this. First, the desires of the flesh, the lust of the flesh. So in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve have been told, you know, you can eat from every tree. I mean, imagine that. Every, the world is yours to consume and to take into yourself. But there's one tree that you can't have. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They weren't ready for that. And they were told they couldn't have it. But we see that Eve looks at the tree and she sees that it is good for food. Her appetites come alive. It's good for food. Now, having hunger is not a bad thing. That's a good appetite. But our appetites, which God gave us as gifts, can become a bad thing. They can become a negative thing. They can become unholy. We see that with Jesus. Jesus is in the wilderness for 40 days. He's been fasting and he's hungry. And Satan comes to him and tempts him with bread. And you think Jesus is probably ravenous with hunger. Turn these stones to bread is what Satan says to the Lord. And so these appetites, which are normal, like hunger, is a good thing that we can fulfill the right way. And there's all kinds of appetites like this, whether it be the sexual appetites. The best way that you'd fulfill those appetites would be in the holy bonds of marriage. It's a good thing that two would become one flesh in marriage, but that appetite can be used and distorted with pornography and other things that would would actually bring about sin. And here's what Satan does to those appetites. Now think about addiction, you know, that appetite to get that high for the first time. Eventually, that good appetite that God gave us becomes dulled by that very sin. That sin that we partake ends up dulling that appetite to the point we need more and more until we're entrapped and enslaved to sin. I think of the Israelites when they were in the wilderness and they were so tired of the manna that God sent so much quail. They had so much meat that it was literally, the the scriptures using hyperbole, coming out of their nostrils. And God is saying, okay, if you're going to complain about that, I'll just give you over to that and you'll, you'll get a good taste of that. No pun intended. But this appetite that God gives us, there, there's good and holy appetites that are, be, are to be fulfilled in the right ways. But Satan will take those appetites and distort them and turn them into sin if we're not careful. The other part is the lust of the eyes. You know, Eve saw that the, the food, the, the fruit was good for food. Uh, this this sight, I, I want the world for my own. I want what I can't have. You know, God had told Adam and Eve that you can have everything but this tree. And so Satan comes along and says, you know, you can become like God if you eat from this tree. And so there's this sense of, I, I want to get what is not mine. I want to take the world as my own. I want to take the, the world by the tail and, and just... Uh, Every desire of my heart is on the table. This happens to Jesus and the temptation of Christ in Luke 4 or 5. Satan took Jesus up and showed him all the kingdoms of the earth. And so he's showing him the physical world, letting, letting, him, letting him see it. And he's saying, you can have this for your own. And that's not God's plan for him. The world becomes something I can possess, I can consume. So this lust of the eyes is something we have to be careful of. But I think one way Satan really gets us, I mean, if you think lust and appetites is bad, the pride of life. In Genesis 3, you see the pride of Eve come through. She saw the tree can make her wise. 
She could become the one that could have all the knowledge. The pride wells up. And then Satan tempts Jesus with pride. You know, he takes him to the pinnacle of the temple, says, throw yourself down and prove who you are. Pride can leave you, lead you to unthinkable things. Pride can lead you to situations that you think are impossible. I mean, think about kids and especially little boys on the playground. Remember being called a chicken and, and you didn't want to be a chicken and you would do some really stupid things to prove that you were not a chicken because of pride. So this, this issue of pride can, can lead to horrible things. It can destroy marriages. It can destroy careers. Pride is an issue we all have. Winston Churchill was once asked, doesn't it thrill you to know that every time you make a speech, the hall is packed to overflowing? It's quite flattering, replied uh, Churchill. But whenever I feel that way, I always remember that if instead of making a political speech, I was being hanged, the crowd would be twice as big. So we have to be careful about our pride because it can get in the way. It's an issue for all of us and it can lead to terrible sin. Hubris and pride can cause us to act just foolish at times. And I love the Apostle Paul. I want to just close you with these thoughts from Paul and his antidote to pride. If you read the, the writings of Paul, you see this progression of humility. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9, he probably writes this in the mid to, to late 50s. And he says, I'm the least of the apostles. Then in Ephesians 3, 8, written just a few later years later, he says, I'm the very least of all the saints. And then later, just a few years, he writes in 1 Timothy 1.15, I'm the foremost of sinners. So he goes on this progression of humility. Hey, I'm the least of the apostles. And then he says, I'm the least of the saints. And then he says, I'm the chiefest of sinners. So we need to have this sense of checks and balances on our pride. We need to be humble people. So just remember that. The strategy of the evil one, he'll take good appetites that God gave you and he can distort them. And he can warp you and turn you into something you never intended to be. And just the, the lust of the eyes, wanting what you can't have, looking upon what's not yours, and desiring something you were never intended to have, then that boastful pride of life, man, will get us every time. And that pride wells up. And, and we just can act really foolish when pride comes to play. Let me close you with our passage again one more time. As we look at how we deal with the world and the strategies of the evil one, 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. The world is passing away and also its lust, but the one who does the will of, the, of God lives forever. Well, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. We're closing out our podcast for this week. Um, and I just hope to see you back on Monday when we pick up again with our readings and our discussions. God bless.